Welcome, my friends, to Generations. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me as well. And Bill, the story from Iowa is one of the most interesting stories of this year. That the Satanic Temple attempted a display in the Iowa Capitol. And then Michael Cassidy, a former U.S. Navy pilot, also a political candidate, the state of Mississippi apparently makes a little trip up into the Iowa Capitol, and uh, he uh, he hacks off the head of this uh, Baphomet satanic statue placed in the uh, rotunda of the Iowa Capitol, and does put himself up for I guess uh, fourth degree something or other, um, and maybe a, a year or so in the county jail, uh, fine of twenty five hundred dollars. So. Uh, Kudos to Michael Cassidy. Now, here's here's the key. Uh, there is a contrast between, you know, the pre-Christian world and the post-Christian world. We live in the post-Christian world, which makes this kind of thing even more difficult to do. The pre-Christian world, I, I can't tell you the number of missionaries that uh, cut down uh, heathen groves, destroyed idols, and brought the Christian faith into all of Europe. So the pre-Christian world, this kind of stuff was done all the time. Post-Christian world is pretty rare when you find somebody walking into a heathen temple and uh, and and taking down these uh, these evil statues and idols that uh, are evidently there to glorify Satan. Right. A, a friend of mine is a pastor, and he he recently returned from a trip to Turkey. He went to Ephesus, went to all of the archaeological sites. He he had a uh, a guide, a Turkish guide who wasn't a believer, but they, this guy was personally taking my friend and his buddy to all of these sites, and they kept seeing this repeated image. It was it was a, a bust or a statue of Caesar, Augustus Caesar. Okay, okay, that's that's the that's Augustus. the big that's the big one. That's yeah. the big Caesar. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the time of uh, what happened. The big granddaddy his, Caesar. Uh, what happened during his his reign? Well, let's see. Yeah, Jesus yeah. showed oh, up. Oh, that's yes, right. right, right, right. And so these are busts of of Caesar all over the place, and 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 they kept noticing this this same little mark on the forehead. Now it wasn't it wasn't spray painted. Mm-hmm. It was etched in there. It was with like a hammer and chisel. Kind of. Hammer and chisel. It was a cross. Hmm. Wow. And and the and Jim uh, right on the head of Caesar. Yeah, right on the head of Caesar. All the way throughout Ephesus. All the way throughout. And, he, and this was it, they. And so my friend said, "Is this you know post?" And he said, "No, this is first century. We find these all the time." Mm-hmm. Now, what does that tell you? Christians were going out and tagging. The bust of Caesar. Okay. No, so, no, no, so, no, no, so, no, no, no. Let's let's so, let's be no, more specific. No, 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 don't just tagging with spray paint or anything. No, no. They were they were marking it permanently so you couldn't erase it. Mm-hmm. And who was Caesar? He had declared himself to be what? God. They God. were they were just, sticking it in the face of God, the pagan god Caesar, mm-hmm. the man who elevated himself to a position of godhood. They were sticking it, Christianity. Right in the face of the emperor, in the face of the empire, and we cheer their efforts. You let something like that happen today, and what happens? Well, somebody's going to have to pay two thousand dollars in fine, and we kind of we kind of distance ourselves from him, do right, we not? Right, right, right. Now, why do we do that? Because we've been trained to think secularly. Okay, l- l- let's put it this way: you're a youth group leader in the mm-hmm. first century. Okay. 
And, and you say, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys. Let's go bowling. Hey, Let's hey. go bowling. Yeah. No, no, no. No bowling. No, no, no. no. Let's no have a pizza, pizza party. Pizza party. And, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Hey, guys, midnight tonight, get your hammers and your chisels. We're going to go out and we're going to tag. We're going to chisel the face yeah. of Caesar. We're going to stick it in Caesar's face. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, do you think that happened today? Probably not. Do you think that that you would find youth groups being led up to the Iowa State Capitol and saying, hey, let's go tag well, this pagan god? Well, let me ask you this. Uh, we have a homosexual governor, much like King Herod during yes. the time of John the Baptist. Yep. And this discussion came up in one of our uh, Sunday evening services. Afterwards, we have a Q&A session. And I, I, I said, well, you know, does anybody do that today where John the Baptist, at the risk of his life, condemned Herod, corrected Herod for taking his brother's wife, an act of adultery? Mm-hmm. Now, we have a homosexual governor. What are the odds that all 4,000 pastors in the state of Colorado are going to come together and write a letter correcting the governor of the state of Colorado? That's not going to happen. You know why? You know why? Because we have to be nice. Because we have to be nice. And here's one more thing, Bill. This is my comment. The reason for uh, American Christianity moving towards sort of a two kingdom, let's not get involved sort of approach when it comes to politics is because we're on a two yard line. We have lost ground in the culture war in the political war. And so when you're on your two, two yard line, your own you two can, yard you can, line, your own two yard line, you're on the defensive and you can do one of two things. You can wimp out. Yep. Or you can do what John the Baptist did. Now, was or, John the or, Baptist, yeah. let me ask you this, was John the Baptist on his two-yard line? Yes. Very much so. It's, he it, was very much on his two-yard line. Okay. In fact, he was so on his two-yard line that he lost his head for it. Yeah. And he was willing to do it. Yeah. And, and it, it's it, the sports analogy is that when John Elway was the quarterback for the Broncos, there was a game that was a crucial game, and they were backed up on their two-yard line. And in the huddle, it's reported that he said, guys, we've got them just where we want them. Uh-huh. We got them where we want them. And then there was a 98-yard drive, and they scored, and they won the game. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to win, but I'm going to say you need to be faithful. Yeah. We need to be faithful. John Baptist lost his head. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. The people who tagged those statues of Caesar risked losing their heads. What do we risk losing by speaking up? Well, I want to commend this guy for cutting down the Baphomet uh, satanic statute in the Iowa legislature or the Iowa Capitol. Uh, there are certain things that probably need to happen before cutting down the Baphomet. Uh, I would say that all the satanic ideas, and the satanic teaching going on in the American public schools funded by the Iowa department of education, that needs to be brought down as well. Yeah, we need I mean, to bring down these bad ideas because remember it's the satanic teaching that goes on through all the public schools in Iowa where the kids are learning that very basic satanic lesson, ye shall be as gods. So the humanist teaching that so dominates American education, that needs to come down as well. So if now that's more fundamental. If, if we can go yeah. after the more fundamental ideas that are being sold hook, line, and sinker in American public schools, first, that would be a good thing. Before Paul destroyed the idols in Athens, he stood up in Mars Hill and proclaimed the true and living God. We need to be doing more of that as well. Be back with more in just a moment on Generation. Stay with us. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum 
specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. All right, we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack, also with me. And tying into the Iowa story, Carl Truman has a good article in World Magazine. And let me read just a couple of paragraphs of this because he ties a couple different stories into one particular theme. Now listen to this. Carl Truman, World Magazine. Recent events have provided a fascinating, if somewhat depressing, insight into the state of the American moral imagination. The Satanic Temple of Iowa erected a statue of the pagan god Baphomet outside of the state capitol. A school board member in Fairfax County, Virginia, was sworn in with his hand placed on a pile of LGBTQ plus themed books. And in the nation's capital, a staffer allegedly made a gay pornographic video in the Senate hearing room. Meanwhile, a storm has erupted surrounding a rather flamboyant video of tap dancing in the White House to celebrate Christmas. Now, do these things share anything in common? Some have been tempted to see them as signs of moral nihilism on the of the left. Uh, perhaps, although the White House video seems no more tacky than many other elements of commercial Christmas season. As for the D.C. pornographic video, sleazy people do sleazy things all the time. It's hard to extrapolate from the immorality of a staffer to an entire culture, but more concerning are the events in Iowa and Virginia. It's not clear from reports whether the statue of Baphomet is a serious attempt to bring some explicit paganism into the realm of cultural irrespectability or whether it is more of a statement concerning religion and the ownership of public space. Either way, it does point to an emerging problem with the United States, the collapse of a shared moral consensus that saw as a source of public good the broad moral contours of a Christian ethic, even if detached from the religious claims of Christianity, and so on and so forth it goes. It brings out a lot of good points here, and I don't have time to address all of it, but one thing is for sure is that uh, increasingly the religion of the day is more of a chaotic mix of polytheism, worship of man, and worship of the state. It's a jumbled mess, which means, Bill, that this is the beginning of the unraveling of a nation. When your foundations are as messed up as ours are, that is when you have a polytheistic religion mixed in with the state worship, mixed in with the worship of the individual, and all of those three aspects are all respected by the institutions of the political state today, you have a mess on your hands. There's no way that that kind of religious foundation for a nation could sustain the nation in the years to come. So I guess that's the first 
comment I would make is Baphomet is allowed in only because all the gods of the pantheon are allowed, meaning that it's a polytheistic religion that has been endorsed by the Iowa State government. If we hadn't accepted the the ideas that form him, we would not then put up a statue to him. They've already been inculcated into, into the culture. So it's a symbol of what's already happened. Uh, I think Truman's last paragraph is insightful. Uh, it's, he said, he writes, in all of this, the other thing that is so striking is the childishness of yeah, it all. Yeah, right. The officer class of the culture does not seem to wish to replace the old with a new that has a serious depth, depth to it. A goat god? A Bible substituted by illustrated children's sex books? These people may be serious in their intent to overthrow the culture, and we should not underestimate them, but they offer nothing serious as a replacement. Right, quote. right, which means it's entirely destructive. It's deconstruction. This is how you break down a civilization. And that's why I wrote the book Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, because this is the destruction of a civilization. And of course, there has to be something of a reconstruction of a new civilization in the years to come. But we're looking at a uh, wrecking ball upon entire civilization, a breaking down of the political state, a breaking down of the culture and the civilization itself. And that is somewhat troubling, which means we may have to create some other civilizations on the side. Uh, We need to develop uh, cultural islands of freedom, as we call them. And we're hoping that's happening within the homeschool movement. Uh, and any form of uh, Christian discipleship movement through Christian schools or other means. But certainly, if we do not establish uh, islands of culture, islands of education, islands of freedom are for ourselves, there will be nothing left in the years to come. Now, Truman, I think, is right on when he says this is childish, but childish and destructive at the same time. It's, uh, a, this it's is like the, allowing a child to drive a semi-tractor trailer down the through interstate. a parade or something yeah yeah, yeah. uh and i would say this is the lord of the flies situation you understand what i'm talking about when i say the lord yes. of the flies in some ways our president acts like an eight-year-old i'm not not intending to be disrespectful at all i'm just simply saying that our leaders are acting more and more childish but as isaiah chapter three i don't have the verse in front of me but as isaiah chapter three says it uh it, it is a dangerous thing when children lead it's the Lord of the Flies situation. Isaiah three twelve. Yeah, it's youths oppress my people. Women rule over them. My people, your guides lead you astray. They turn you from the path. That's exactly what's going on in yes. our society today. Absolutely. Now, William Golding was the author of Lord of the Flies. You know what's interesting? He was addressing the book The Coral Island, which was a more sentimentalized view of children left on an island. And so he thought, well, actually, uh, when children act according to their nature and have basically an uncivilized approach to life, especially if they've had zero contact with the Christian character, and they've been very much separated from Christian nurture, which has happened over the last four generations, right? Uh, he, he believes that a very dangerous outcome comes about yeah. when children lead and they lead According to the, the, the basic immoral conduct of their nature, uh, the results are going to be disastrous, the, especially the, if they're given the power to lead as what was happening on this island. Yeah. The English Standard Version uh, translation is much clearer, and it goes to your point. It's a, it, again, this is Isaiah 3.12. It says, my people, 
Infants are their oppressors. Infants. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Would you want to be ruled by an infant? Yeah, you should see our two and three year olds. Yeah. Just let them go and look at what happens. They're they're all everybody's born with eye trouble. I want this, I want Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And you let an infant rule over you, you're in you're in trouble. One of the things I've noticed, I've commented on this is that we have some grandchildren at two, three years of age and uh you leave them alone, they can be very barbarian. In other words, just let them do whatever they want. Before you know it, they've crawled onto the dinner table. They've got one foot in the mashed potatoes, the other in the green beans. Yeah. And they're throwing the the, the chicken at and their brothers reach- and sister. And they're reaching for the knives. And they're going for the knives next, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just the way they are, you know, some assembly required, right? Yeah. Degree of discipline and nurture required in the process. But, well, but you just let that go. Let's hand them matches. Yeah. And then you throw some matches at yeah. them and see what happens. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the whole thing kind of comes apart and that's, that's the point that is being made here, uh, in the world magazine article. And, uh, my friends, the world is a dangerous place. It needs to be handled by leaders who are mature, who respect the potential dangers of human nature, understand the balance of powers. And of course, fear God and act very judiciously in the decisions that they make. And that's, that's the issue. That's what you need. And this is not the world of Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and Justin Trudeau and the transgendered kindergarten teachers down at the local primary school. Just keep that in mind. That's not their approach. Uh, This world needs to be handled by leaders who are mature, who respect the potential dangers of human nature, understand the balance of powers, and of course, fear God and act very judiciously in the decisions that they make. And that's not happening in the day in which we live. And certainly they don't fear God and they don't subscribe to his standards. And uh, for that reason, uh, this thing's going to, become pretty unraveled pretty quickly and that's where we're headed friends well as i wrap up this edition of the generations broadcast friends encourage you to our book epoch the rise and fall of the west if you don't have a copy of that yet uh, grab a copy at generations.org gives you a better sense for where we are in the scheme of things and where we're headed the last chapter contains our best approach to handling the crisis that we're dealing with today I'd encourage you to at least that chapter in Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.